Welcome to the Designing Better Lives podcast, where we talk about all things design and the impact that intentionality can have on our lives. To learn more, visit us at designbetterlives.com. You can view a transcript of this podcast, articles, and more information that will connect you to the Designing Better Lives community. Welcome and enjoy the show. to another episode of the Designing Better Lives podcast. Today we've got John Bain, the CEO and president at Old Town Design Group. Today's episode is about designing better lives through custom homes. I'm thrilled about today's show and anxious to connect with John and discuss their vision for designing better lives. John, welcome to the show. Hey, Marcus. Good to be here. John, give us, uh, give the Design Better Lives audience a little bit of context, a little bit of history uh, about yourself, family, your role, and, and what work looks like for you. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, longtime guy in uh, home building and construction and development. So, it's kind of always been my lifelong passion and uh, where I've always found myself career-wise. So, fortunate to... Uh, Next year, we'll be celebrating 20 years of marriage to my uh, amazing wife, Amy, and uh, have three kids, so uh, two boys and a girl. We're getting ready to enter into the stage of uh, having one of them driving, which terrifies me to death, but uh, we're, we're, we're preparing, so, um, and, uh, you know, work-wise, um, have the good fortune and uh, blessing to run a company called Old Town Design Group which is headquartered out of Carmel, Indiana. And we predominantly focus on uh, semi-custom to full custom homes and a variety of different neighborhoods, both neighborhoods we develop and neighborhoods that other developers uh, develop and we participate at a builder level. And price ranges go from we're everywhere from the $400,000 price range all the way up to around 2 million. So a pretty broad range of uh, price points and demographics that we serve and, you know, just a, a, a great organization. And I'm uh, able to have an amazing team of, of people to work with. And, you know, our real, our real passion is around building strong relationships and, creating communities and projects that demonstrate timeless design and, and are really in, in some of the top locations in the, in the markets that we serve. Fantastic. Well, I think uh, anybody that's uh, accomplished what you have professionally is, has done a lot, but 20 years of marriage, that's probably got to be up there in the, in the, in the list of achievements. So what, Coming up on that, what's the number one thing? I just had lunch with a, with a young guy getting married uh, in a couple months yesterday, and he was asking for the advice. But 20 years, uh, what's what's one of the secrets? <laughs> you, you know, I think the the thing that Amy and I have come to recognize in 20 years of marriage is that you just have to be best friends, and you have to be intentional about creating space and place and time to build that relationship and especially as you start to introduce kids into the equation or you know both you know we're now both working professionals which is a, a new dynamic that uh, we're managing but uh, we just have, have learned to be intentional and to 
carve out time on a weekly basis to have a date night and about uh, once a quarter we do at least a couple nights away uh, just her and I and every other year we kind of rotate so one year is big family vacation next year is uh, big couple uh, vacation so uh, that's been a rhythm that's really helped us and uh, I think uh, allowed us to hit the 20 year mark and uh, to be focused on uh, doubling that. Fantastic. I love the rotating vacations. I might, I might add that one to the playbook for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> well, well, John, talk about the role design plays um, at Old Town Design Group. Like, like obviously design is, is, is gotta be an integral part of, of what you're doing in the custom home building um, world, but, but what role does it play in your organization specifically? Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting thing because design is is really at the you know forefront of everything that we do, and and I would say that really starts at the community level to begin with, where we are our own developer, and we really try to be uh, transformational in the developments that we choose, and the the goal of every development is to really create a place where community and people can flourish and uh, being very thoughtful about uh, how a community is designed, what the uh, common areas look like, what are the amenity spaces, what's the adjacency to other amenities that maybe are not part of the neighborhood, but, but certainly contribute to it. Um, so we put a lot of intentionality on just trying to think through those. And then obviously as a home builder developer, you know, oftentimes we're, we're going in and we're building neighborhoods or communities that uh, are within existing communities. So for us, it's really important to engage with the existing neighborhood and the existing community and really understand, you know, what, what works for them, what's creating community, what's creating connection and what do they really want to see? What's kind of their vision of it? Now, obviously, we're not able to please everybody and everyone, um, but we, we really try to be thoughtful about that and then thoughtful with the municipality as to what is it that they really need. And, um, you know, that's really pushed us into a lot of mixed use developments where, you know, you're creating community and walkability within the development itself and uh, amenities and so that's, uh, I think for us, that's really driving design is uh, that engagement with local community and municipalities. And then obviously, you know, what vision and creativity do we bring to the, to the table in that? So, um, so that's where it kind of starts. And then, you know, for us, it really continues all the way through where, uh, you know, we're engaging with people to build a custom home and, you know, design plays such a huge role. And I think, you know, especially in light of the pandemic and, you know, as more people were working from home and, you know, people kind of reset a little bit as we went under a lockdown for a, a period of time. And, you know, you start to realize like how important design within a home is for accommodating whatever lifestyle it is, whether you have kids or whether you're an empty nester or whether you're you know, first time home buyer, or you're a single person. Like, um, so, you know, it really transitions into the home building process where we have to really unlock how 
does that customer really want to live and how do we design a home that really enhances how they want to live and you know just makes it a place of of joy and comfort and and uh, respite and uh, so yeah so like I said I mean we're kind of surrounded by by design on uh, on all fronts uh, as, especially as it relates to our product there's some things I think John that, that are interesting certainly um, maybe the decision fatigue and all the things that go into designing a home and the selections and all I mean there's a there's a lot that goes into that but but maybe share one of the new ideas you just spoke to for, for even for me is the design of the community and, and the municipality and the partnership there, because I think that's really an interesting perspective that I know certainly as you and I were talking before we started recording, uh, one of the secret sauces to, to um, kind of placemaking, right? The home is a, is a component, but where the home sits and how that's connected to the community, like how do you guys engage that, that part of it? You know, I think the thing that we've learned is, and you know, you learn a lot from how other people have done it and failed, right? So, and how we've even done it and failed, right? So failure has been the best teacher in that. And I think what we've really learned is to make sure that we've got uh, ears to hear and to really listen. Um, and we really view our, our role as a developer more so as being a problem solver. Uh, you know, so a lot of times the developments that we do are kind of, they've all got hair on them. So they're either like tufted in title or they're pieces of property that others have passed up or they're tied with a municipality that they just don't even know what to do with it. Um, you know, or uh, even, you know, we've got a, a current project that's tied to a university and they don't, you know, they didn't really know what to do with it. And so, it's really coming in and just approaching it from a, a, it just takes a certain level of humility that I think sometimes as builders and developers, you uh, kind of think you know it and you kind of start to get into this rinse repeat cycle. And, and that's just, uh, I mean, certainly some of that's needed, right? And, and that, but that's just not our angle into the market. And we think that that's the reason why we get uh, instead of pushed out of opportunities, uh, like a lot of uh, home builders and developers sometimes will get in that position where, you know, they're just pushed out of opportunities, we get invited in. And I think it's just from that approach of humility and, and having ears to listen. A really solid lesson for all of us to take back to our organizations, the role humility plays uh, in that. I, I, I love the concept there. If you guys are getting pulled in rather than pushed out based on that. That's a, that's a valuable component. So, so how do you think, John, as, as the leader of the organization, the, the, the CEO obviously charged with, you know, fiscal responsibility, strategy, growing the team, et cetera. Like, how, how do you think about designing better lives for the organization? Mm, yeah, well, that's probably where I get a little more passion. <laughs> so I love our product and I love our communities, but uh, none of that happens without people and talent and so um so you know it's it's there's a lot of different aspects to that obviously as you know marcus and in, in running your uh, organization and uh learning along the way and and that but you know obviously the the first fundamental foundation in designing uh any organization is really determining 
what is going to be the culture in which we're going to live by and uh, you know how is how is that going to really inform our decisions related to how we hire how we promote how we unfortunately sometimes have to fire and then really driving into what partnerships do we create and what work do we get into and and that so i think always in in any organization the first step of designing that organization for lack of a better term is really setting your your cultural compass and you know and obviously that's a that's a lot of things right there's core values that are wrapped into that there's your vision there's you know really what's your you know kind of the sign and cynic what's your why um you know what's the what's the passion behind what you actually do so you know being being thoughtful and spending time on that uh is uh is so critically important and um and then obviously as you start to pull you know you pull more people into your organization how do they influence the culture and how do they integrate within the culture and and uh um, so yeah, so it's constantly, you know, I think it's always, uh, organizations are living, breathing things, right? They're people, we're messy. So, so we're always, we're always kind of designing and redesigning and, uh, um, uh, improving hopefully. Um, so yeah, so I find a lot of, a lot of fun and a lot of enjoyment in kind of putting those puzzle pieces together mm. in the best way possible to, achieve what we want to do as an organization and to achieve really what all of the people that have decided to call that organization home, what they want to accomplish in their own, you know, personal careers and lives. So, um, so yeah, so that's a, that's a fun one. I think it's, it's obvious your passion come through, comes through and that, 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 uh, that part of your role. So, so John, let's go a little deeper on that then, because I'm super curious, maybe from, from my own learning here, how do you, how do you set some of that up? How do you help point the, the compass of the organization towards kind of the North star, some of those things you alluded to, whether it's purpose or why and, and vision values, how do you do that? But also with an open hand, knowing that to your point, an organization is made up of people and the culture is, is a living, breathing thing. And, and you can't, uh, you can't like you can't, you can't put up complete guardrails right to make it go exactly the way how do you balance that yeah i think uh clearly it starts at the leadership level right so speed of the leader speed of the team that's that's always going to be the case and so um you know i think as as the leader of the organization you've got to have real clarity on where you ultimately want to uh, take the organization because it really starts there and then you start to bring your leadership team along with that and so for us you know we have a uh and i think you guys are on the on the same track you know we we're a eos uh, based company and and spend a lot of time on a quarterly and annual basis really making sure that we're either reinforcing or reevaluating where we are from a standpoint of long-term vision and core values and you know kind of all those components that that really go into it. So I think it's, it's just having that intentionality of really setting that. And, you know, I think you've seen this too, right? When you get that right, uh, even when you make a mistake with a person that's not aligned with it, it becomes evident like really quickly. So either they're going to self-select out, which is what you actually hope for is that they just realize like, Hey, 
this is not for me um, and they self-select out or your culture strong enough where their peer group helps move them out of the organization. And, um, you know, so, so I think, you know, yeah, uh, people are going to come in and out and, and we'll have some influence. And to your point, you do have to have a little bit of a, an open hand. And again, I think it's that, that humility thing where cultures evolve and, and shape over time. And, you know, we can be really hard pressed about, Hey, this is what we have on paper. And this is, you know, this is what our, what it is, but, um, you know, as different people move into different roles and leadership levels, like that shapes and influences it because, uh, you know, culture is just the collection of all the people and how does, how does that really work? So, so I think it's just that balance of, uh, I, I consider it, you know, you certainly are going to always have kind of black and white, very clear cultural bounds that you're going to be like, okay, doesn't matter what happens, like we're never going to violate this. But then there's other areas in your culture that are uh, more malleable and, and pliable and it's, um, you know, those, those shift a little bit. So I think it's being clear on your absolutes and then uh, having a, a level of open-mindedness on uh, the things that are important, but they're maybe not absolutes and, and they can you know, change over time. Yeah, I think being clear on your absolutes is probably something to, to drill down on if, if you've not done that organizationally. Yeah. John, what do you think about the future of the home building industry? Obviously, you know, it's uh, spent a little time prior to recording talking about the year that is 2020. Lots of challenges, but also a great deal to be grateful for. Um, what, what's, the, what's the five to 10 years? Like what's coming? What are you guys excited about? You know, it's a, we're in an interesting space and place. So, um, you know, we had, had been on a very good long-term run from a standpoint of the economy and, and the overall construction industry as a whole. Um, and then obviously uh, now having experienced the pandemic um, and also, you know, just, just really going through a period of where, you know, we're all kind of navigating through some, you know, different elements of civil unrest and, and you know, how do we handle, uh, you know, the things that are coming from that. And, and so I, I'm really excited. I think the next five years are going to be really interesting from a, especially from a home building perspective, because you're kind of going back into the design side of it. Um, you know, I think we're going to see some, some potential shifts in how people live. And, uh, you know, I, I read a, a recent article uh, the other day that said that, you know, they think that it's going to kind of normalize out to where you'll have about 25 to 35% of the workforce will remain remote. Um, and so, you know, when we start to think about that from a home building perspective, um, that certainly changes a lot of our approach on design and, and, uh, you know, we've, we're, we're kind of in the midst of a generational shift, uh, where, uh, you know, we have predominantly been designing and building for the baby boomers. And now that shift will, you know, really be happening where it's, you know, more of call it Gen X and, and millennials and, um, 
you know, and I, and I am not a person that believes the myth that millennials don't want to build houses and live in homes. And so, so, um, so I think that, you know, design both at a community level, but also at an individual house level is, is really going to shift. And, um, you know, those factors, I don't know if we really know the full weight of it yet, but, um, so I think it's exciting because it, introduces a, a new opportunity for us to be creative, to listen to the customer and, and really start to uh, reshape our business as, uh, as that, those things evolve. And, you know, we went from, it's interesting, and I know a lot of businesses had to do this, but, you know, we went from a very in-person, high-touch, face-to-face, um, you know, all interactions, you know, in person, um, zero people working remotely, um, to a hundred percent remote working, all virtual, all digital, um, you know, really shifting our process to be able to support you know, from lot purchase all the way to design, all the way to close of home virtually. And, uh, so that's really expanded. Uh, our thinking and our capabilities and, you know, what, what works for a customer and what creates a great experience. And, and so, um, so it's going to be interesting. And, and, uh, you know, I feel like the next five years uh, from a economic standpoint still look really favorable for, uh, for home building and for the overall economy. And now past the five years, that might be a little different question, but, um, so we want to, you know, our goal is just to continue to do what we do well and uh, hopefully continue to get invited into opportunities and continue to expand our company. And, you know, and really the heart behind that is, yeah, sure, I love to uh, build communities and build more homes and, and that, but it's kind of back to the organizational design. You can't be in the market of trying to hire the absolute best talent and then not create opportunities for that talent to grow. So, you know, for us, it's like, hey, if I'm going to have the best talent, I've got to have a company that's growing to create opportunities for them to grow. If not, I'm going to lose my talent. And I can pretty much assure you, once you lose your talent, that's going to stunt or make you go backwards, right? So, so it's, it, it's a different motivation for growth, but we, we certainly over the next five years want to stay positioned just to do what we do well and, and uh, grow responsibly and evolve as we need to as a home builder to, um, to really serve the market well. That's great. I think, uh, I, I think the, the grow responsibly is a good reminder too as we all navigated what's been a, an ongoing challenging year for sure. Um, John, so, so you, you've been a, 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 a great sounding board for me, uh, lots of insights and, and so much guidance, but as, as the consummate professional, like how do you, how are you staying sharp? Like, what do you do to fill the tank? How do you, how do you continue to, to develop yourself, get inspiration? What are you pulling from? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's a broad range of stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, from a, from a just personal standpoint, uh, you know, making sure that, uh, first thing I'm starting out my day, uh, reading my Bible and spending some, some quiet time and time in prayer and meditation. And, and, uh, so, uh, that's obviously the, the, the starting point And, uh, and then, uh, 
you know, I started doing something a little different where I, I had always been, I think, similar to you, a consummate reader, um, I love books, love reading through those. Uh, but I always found myself where I, uh, I'm really good at starting a lot of books. I'm not great at finishing them. So I tend to, tend to get in a little ways. And, um, so I've been really on, on a daily basis now, whether it's a book, podcast, whatever it may be, uh, I will read or listen until I find one really great insight for either myself as a person or the business. And then I'll document that insight and then put an action plan on how I'm going to actually use it. And then I stop. Um, and uh, for, for me, I've just found this has kind of been a, it, it's been a little bit of a freeing process because I don't feel compelled that if I start a book, I have to read it all the way through that I've, you know, I've gleaned a couple of insights out of it and good and I can move to the next material. And it's also, allow me to capture because that's the problem too is a lot of times I you know I don't capture everything so uh, if it's just daily I'm capturing one insight uh, and then deciding what I'm going to do with it uh, I figure that'll be a pretty cool journal at the end of the year to go back and review and go oh all right <laughs> here, here we go so um, so that's just been what what I've kind of been doing personally lately and um, it's uh it's been fun it's uh, again, kind of, you know, how do you design your own personal life to, to stay sharp and be effective? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I struggled forever with the same thing. You start it or you start another one and someone recommends another book and I'm always building the list. And I always had that, that deep down compelling urge and desire and almost failure if I didn't complete the book and some <laughs> yeah. time ago, like, Hey, if you get what you need out of the first bit of it, or if it loses your interest, you can put it away and not finish yeah. it. So I think there's something freeing in that and to, and to document it and, and, and put your action plan together. I love that. Yeah, it's been, been good. So. Well, maybe, maybe a couple quick, quick hitting questions here, John. So best book you've read or a really impactful book that you you'd recommend to the designing better lives community. Um, so you know, from a personal standpoint, still probably my all-time favorite, uh, you know, best kind of called motivational book has been Chase the Lion from Batterson. Um, you know, just probably because it hit me at a certain point in my, in my career and personal life and was the right book at the right time and, and, uh, and that, but, uh, you know, here as, as of lately, I've been spending a lot more time, uh, really focused. So for us as an organization, right, there's a, a lot of things that people can copy when you're a home builder. I mean, at the end of the day, right, people can get land positions that are better than my land position. They can copy my architecture. They can, uh, you know, copy my finishes or my spec levels or all that. It, the, the thing that's hard to copy is the customer experience. And um, so we've been spending a lot of time on really refining and paying attention to how do we become uh, more than just a home builder, but really a uh, experience maker. And uh, so kind of in that line, uh, been spending, spending a fair amount of time. And uh, I kind of went back through and reread the experience economy, which is a 
a great book. And then uh, another guy named Jason Losey has a book called Culture Bending Narratives. Um, that's been uh, uh, a really good one, just as we're, again, in the season of kind of thinking through um, our brand, our experience, and uh, how, that, uh, how that all relates. Great. I love the commitment to the experience. I think that is, to your point, really hard to replicate. Um, how about advice from a mentor? What's been a guiding principle for you or some feedback you've gotten? Gosh, you know, I've been uh, so fortunate to have so many great mentors. And, and uh, you know, I would say probably the, the single piece of advice that I always find myself leaning back into especially as we've kind of talked about designing organizations is just this this idea of always hire the best talent that you can even when you feel like you can't afford them or uh, that they're possibly better than you are <laughs> so uh, so it's just this idea of you know I think sometimes as we're scaling organizations or starting organizations or even running mature organizations you know, you start to look at talent and uh, to go, just always go find the best talent. I've never had a situation where I, you know, personally felt like, oh my gosh, I'm overpaying for this talent. Uh, as long as it was the right person, like a year or two later, I'm like, man, I am so glad that I stretched and made that decision and the out was uncomfortable and, and, uh, you know, and, and as a leader, just making sure that, again, back to that, just humility and and understanding that I, I always want to hire people that are better than I am. And, uh, you know, like hire a replacement, right? And uh, that's that's been just career advice and wisdom that a, a early on a mentor gave to me. And uh, I think it's really helped in just uh, perspective and growth of companies and growth of my own personal career and, and uh, has been longstanding. Yeah, that's, that's some sound guidance for sure. Um, well, John, this has been an incredible conversation and, and, and one that I know the Designing Better Lives community is going to enjoy consuming. Um, every episode we ask our, our guests to deliver a challenge to the Designing Better Lives community. So what's, what's something that, that you could challenge the, um, the listeners to be more intentional and design a better life for themselves, their, their employees or their community. Yeah. So I, I think for me, when it comes to that, like uh, you have to strive to be the best version of yourself uh, to then be the best version for everybody else. And so uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're in the airplane and, and the oxygen mask drop, right? The first, first person you put the oxygen mask on is yourself before you help others. And so I think when it comes to designing a better life, like just really being intentional and there's a lot of different systems and things out there, but being intentional about, you know, the core areas of your life, whether it's, you know, family, faith, you know, finances, fitness, but just really having a plan and uh, having a commitment to that plan and uh, set goals and, and both short-term and long-term goals. And so, uh, you know, like for me, it's kind of this daily discipline of, of uh, 
you know, for me, it's my core four, you know, am I hitting my core four every day? And so I guess the challenge would be like, if, if a person hasn't uh, thought about designing their life, like do that <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, figure out how to be the best version of yourself. And, and, uh, and then that gives you the opportunity to really be a blessing to other people and engage other people at a, a whole different level, but it's always got to start with you. And it always starts with intentionality and just a commitment. Right. And, uh, um, so, uh, so that'd probably be my, my challenge to, yeah. to the, uh, designing better lives podcast listeners. It's, it's fantastic. I, I love the analogy of, of the, uh, the airplane oxygen mask. They tell you to put yours on first for a reason. That's, that's awesome. Well, John, I've been, uh, been fortunate to, to know you for quite some time and I'm, I'm thrilled that you get to share some of what you've, uh, dropped on me over the over our relationship with the designing better lives community and, and uh, grateful to have you on today and appreciate the conversation yeah likewise man appreciate the friendship and the conversation for sure and uh thanks for thanks for doing this hey john where can listeners connect with you or learn more about the work you're doing in old town yeah so it's uh oldtowndesigngroup.com is our website and and uh uh, we've got a lot of great things going on and a lot of cool things coming down the, the pipe. So uh, um, definitely check it out. Awesome. John, thanks again for being on the show. No problem. Take care, Marcus. Thanks for listening to our Designing Better Lives conversation today. If you haven't already, please head over to iTunes or your podcast platform and leave a rating or review. We're always looking for opportunities to learn and grow and appreciate your support along the way.